Welcome into another episode of Red Zone Talk, episode 25. I'm Owen Burke. He's Tim Hunt. We love to talk about football and uh, excited and a little sad. Last episode for a while, right? So yeah. uh, probably going to take a break. Obviously, just not a lot of football news happening. Obviously, if something breaking happens, some big news, we might hop in, do a 20-minute, 30-minute talk on whatever it is. But it's going to have to be something pretty substantial to break that schedule. Um, probably look at doing something early, mid-April. Get ready for the draft, obviously. I'm, I think we're forgetting there is the free agency window. Ooh, very true. Yeah. So we'll, we'll probably – we talked about it before the show, and I'm now like – It's a good point. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> Glad you caught that now. When it starts. I'm going to try to – uh that starts march 13th so you'll probably see us uh like march 20th yeah we could do ballpark like mid-march for like first week of free agent reaction um and then we'll be back like pre-draft we'll probably have two episodes pre-draft and then an episode um right after the first round like we'll probably have an episode that comes out on we'll record it on friday it'll probably come out saturday of the saturday draft. after the draft of, of our first round reactions there. So um, that's the game plan. So you'll have three episodes in April, uh, maybe one or two in March. Uh, if something big happens, like Owen said, we might hop on, record something 20, 30 minutes. You know what I mean? Uh, but far as long episodes go, this is the last one you're going to have of uh, this NFL season. Yeah, it's going to be a, a much needed break. The schedules of my schedule's gotten ridiculous. I'm starting to work a lot more at the radio station um, doing a lot of exciting stuff. I'm very excited about it, but the weeks, the days and the weeks have been long, I will say. Um, so, but I'm not here to talk about all that jazz. I'm here to talk about football. All right. So uh, before we dive into the Super Bowl recap and all of our stuff that we're normally going to get to, obviously we got to take care of first and foremost, and that'd be trivia. Mm-hmm. You want to shout out our social medias before we dive into trivia at all? Oh yeah. Red zone talk pod on, uh, youtube and tiktok and then we're red zone talk on instagram um expect more like we we did the video this year like Mm -hmm. this was like kind of the first season of doing video uh like what a month into the football season yeah um expect uh social media next year to kind of be up and rising we're going to try to do tighter segments so we can actually like clip stuff that's the problem with us is like rambling yeah, people will do a trivia and they'll post it and it'll be like five minutes of trivia. We do like 20 minutes of trivia. So it's mm-hmm. just like impossible to try to put that up anywhere. Yeah. Um, so and we're, we've talked about like new formats next season. We're going to try out some different stuff and and just kind of throw some stuff around and see see what works best for the people. So, yeah, I'm hoping my work schedule will calm down and and shrink a little bit, which will then uh, allow me some extra time to put some extra time to the podcast. Because behind the scenes, as of right now, Tim's doing a lot of the legwork. I'm putting 40 hours in at one place and another 20 at another place. And it just with a two year old and a fiance it does not leave me a lot of video editing. And I'm yeah. horrible about sharing the show as well. So. Owen's Owen's the pretty face to the show. He shows up. <laughs> I'm the talent. He's the talent. He <laughs> walks on screen, reads the script that I write him. He just mumbles it off, and that's yep. the end. Yeah, so. I'm reading from a teleprompter half the time. That's what it is. Um, which is weird because all up until working with you, it's the exact opposite. I'm always the. I'm usually the talent on the air too, but I'm I always putting the legwork in before the show and everything. And since you started doing it, I just have kind of sat back and 
and cheese for a while. So definitely hope to fix that schedule. But once life calmed down around it, I do think, and I think the product will be better off for it as well. So that's the goal. We'll see how the work schedule stuff shakes out. We'll keep you posted on that as time goes on, but we got to get some trivia out of the way here. So obviously last show for a while, um, maybe I should have saved this for the draft season, but um, obviously there's a lot of discussion over the number one overall pick this offseason. So I'm looking for the top 10 in passing yards by number one overall picks in NFL history. So all time, all time, number one overall picks. I don't think there's any guys, you know, like pre-merger or anything. You're, you're dealing with Super Bowl yeah. era guys here, obviously. So, um, 10 guys on the list. There's not a crazy tie at the end of this at all. So you got okay. 10 names. 10. I think what you I need, need to get four? five, five, I need five, four to tie five to win for the season. Feels trivia. pretty, pretty confident that you'll be able to knock this one out. I, I, I sure as heck hope so. If um, you didn't get five here, I'd be real disappointed. Honestly, yeah. not that it's a super easy list, but five is a pretty low mark. I think I yeah. left the bar low for you. And this is a weird list. Like, there's not going to be. It is because you gotta. I mean, it's just the knowledge of number one picks, so it is a little bit yeah. more difficult in that aspect. But um, to give you the baseline, your number ten guy has thirty three thousand one hundred twenty four passing yards. So there's more there's a decent I, bit more, more than I thought. Yeah. Um, Man, ooh, that throws into some questions already into the names I had coming in my head. Yeah. So, and there is uh, two active guys on my list. I think. Oh wow. Two active guys, really? Uh, or is there one? No, that's wrong. Uh, duh, 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 one active guy, one active guy on the list. Number twelve guys active. That's why I, oh, I screwed okay. that up. Man, who would yeah. be the other active guy? Yeah, that's already you already got me like. And that active guy is towards the top of the list, which is you know you may just be forgetting a, a career. Wait a second. Oh, wait, yeah, no, duh, he wasn't a number one overall pick. I'm sitting here like, who the hell did – how's this guy not here? It's not a number one overall pick. Okay. So that's that's going to – that quickly already got into my brain here. But three hints, two hints. Two hints? I don't know. Okay. I don't know how I feel about it. Three your strikes. Your hints don't matter. You could give me 50. Very true. It wouldn't matter with you. We're, yeah, we're going to do three strikes, and I'll probably just nerd sesh hint the way through this okay. most likely at the end. We're gonna um, we're gonna knock some big names just out of the gate. We're gonna go Peyton Manning has gotta be towards the top of this list. Maybe probably one, I'm assuming. He is number one on the list. Seventy one thousand nine hundred forty yards. By far and away. He is about yeah. uh what fifteen thousand. Fifteen thousand above yeah. the next I figured guy. there was a big, big jump. Uh John Elway is also probably on this list, right? Yes, he is number four on our list here. Um with 51,475 yards. Sorry if I'm looking off the screen. I'm running the dual monitor for the last show just to make it weird. But I'll stop looking off once we get uh, trivia out of the way. So, 30,000 is a big number. Man, that number scares me. It's like, did Cam Newton get there? <sighs> Probably not enough time. Like, he scares me a little bit. Was I, Dan Marino, was que- I'm questioning whether Dan Marino was the first overall pick. Mm. I don't feel like he was. I don't. That's probably why he's not. Because he would be closer to Peyton than than that, I would imagine. Um, maybe he wouldn't. But I don't think Dan Marino was the first overall pick. Because otherwise he'd be here. Where was Elway on this list? Elway was four at 51,000. So you stretch. The real stretch starts from number two at 57,000 down to our 33,000. And there is a pretty. There's one guy that's close to the top 10 at 11. 
you have another 2000 yard drop and then you kind of drop down to the 27 range. Okay. So there, there's a somewhat decent drop off. Drew, Drew Bledsoe wasn't the first overall pick, though. I don't think he was. Now I'm questioning. Gosh, now I got to think of because oh, like Andrew Luck definitely can't be here. I don't know about Cam Newton. I'm trying to think of who the active oh, wow. would be. I'll um, give you a free one. Dan Marino, not a number one overall pick. He's number 27 that year. Okay. Yeah, I, I did not. I thought those teams were too good to get him. Early. I did not know he fell that far. I thought he was like two or three. He but... wasn't like a super coveted guy coming out either. Uh, Which I... is crazy when you crazy. watch his when you watch his stuff at Pitt. You're like, how's this guy not up there? Like, yeah, he he falls. Um, sugar man, I'm I'm just maybe I'm over. Eli Manning's got to be here. Yeah, not a not a guy that I would have thought that would have jumped. Yeah. He's number two, right behind his brother Peyton. Um, wow, number two, Jesus. Yeah, fifty-seven thousand yards. Yeah, so he wow. is sandwiched between Elway, Peyton, and the number three is our active guy, actually. So, okay. man, number three is that high up. See, it's like I'm thinking of old heads in the league that are start. It's like Rogers wasn't the first pick. Alex Smith was the first pick of his draft, and that feels like a tall number for Alex Smith's career. Uh, it I mean Alex Smith started a long time. Alex Smith could be here. But he didn't throw. It's not like he was a five thousand yard guy. True. Yeah. Um, I'm just trying to run through like the great draft classes in my head of like you know. Yeah, there's there's one. I mean, there's one really surprising name here where I was like, mm-hmm. this guy is top ten, purely a longevity guy to make the top ten. <gasps> okay. And then you got fourteen Super Bowls combined between these ten guys, um, mm-hmm. and four Hall of Famers on this list. Granted, you do have two Hall of Famers with Manning and Elway already. Good news is you need two more answers and you're already there. So yeah. and you haven't burned a strike yet. So you can swing free in my opinion. So, so I've got three. I'm going to use a hint here. I need, I need some, some guidance. All right. Gotta, so one of these guys, we've got some dynasty quarterbacks from the nineties that are here. Two guys that I would consider as part of dynasties in the nineties. Um, you have said a name already, two names that are on this mm-hmm. list. Um, that you didn't officially guess. You've got our crazy pick, a longevity journeyman. Um, you have our active guy who plays in the NFC currently. He's played his whole career in the NFC. And NFC. number five, played for three teams. I think he started a Super Bowl in his career, lost the only Super Bowl he appeared in. Um, had, a, had a pretty solid career for a number one overall pick, I'd say, but not a Hall of Fame caliber guy. He's a Hall of Very Good guy. It would be our yeah. number five guy. Played for three separate teams. Interesting. Um, yeah. Of your, I think you've got, yeah, your two dynasty quarterbacks won three Super Bowls piece. A piece in the 90s. In huh? the 90s, yeah. I yeah. believe one of them gets tricky. I know the other guy started for all three. Yeah. Uh Steve Young is probably one of those guys. Steve Young he was traded from somewhere to San yeah, Francisco. From Tampa Bay to San Francisco. Yeah. I think he won one as backing up Joe Montana and then won his own two as a starter. He's number nine, thirty-three thousand yards. Okay. That's kind of a good benchmark. Um man, I don't think Troy Aikman was the first overall pick though. That'd be nuts. Could he have been? The Cowboys were bad maybe in the eighties or something. I don't, know. I'm I'm trying, not, I don't know when he would have got drafted. That's a great question. He might have got drafted. I mean, he probably got drafted in the 80s because they won a Super Bowl pretty early in the 90s, I want to say. Um, 
I'll rip Troy Aikman. I, I don't have a strike, so. Troy Aikman is number 10. He's the guy that squeaks onto our list here. Damn. Yeah, he okay. was drafted of number one overall pick in 1989, yeah. 89, okay. Number one overall I knew, by the Cowboys. I knew they won one pretty early uh, with Jimmy. It was like 91, 92, 93, somewhere in there. Yeah, so that's one of our Hall of Famers as well. So I mean, that's five. So you got a dub. You're playing with Cheddar now. God, the active guy in the NFC is really just eating away at me. It's not the NFC South. Like that whole division's just got just a mess. Definitely a mess. Uh, can't be the. Nil- it's Baker Mayfield. Surprise. No, I'm just Baker kidding. Baker Mayfield, idiot. <laughs> Jared, Jared Goff couldn't have thrown for 30,000 yards already. So it can't be the North then. That takes them out, right? Packers, uh, Lions, Vikings. Well, Kirk Cousins was a fourth rounder. Yeah, I was he's like, a fourth oh, rounder. Could, yeah, could be there, See, but no, I did the same good. thing with Aaron Rodgers when I was at least setting up the question. I'm like, how's Aaron Rodgers out here? I'm like, I don't know where I'm Yeah, open. he wasn't first. Alex Smith was first in his class. Uh, True. Not the Bears. Okay. So it's not Brock Purdy, obviously. It's True. not Kyler. Kyler's too young. Uh, it's not. Geno Smith was definitely not a first overall person. Not a first pick. overall guy, no. Um, why am I always. Why do I always lose that other team? Oh, the Rams. Oh, it could be Stafford. That's that's who it could be. Yeah, Stafford. I'm going to guess that. It is Matthew Stafford. Number three on our list. Yes. Yeah, that makes sense. 56,000 yards puts him at number three on our list. For Just the was day. hurling balls at uh, Calvin Johnson. Right. Calvin's Calvin. down there somewhere. Yeah, Calvin's <laughs> down there somewhere. Just lob it up. He's 6'8". He'll catch it. He'll go get it. He'll go get it. Okay. So now it gets interesting. Uh, it the does. journeymen uh, are intriguing. Um I, man. I gotta look this up. I'm pretty sure the journey. I want to say the journeyman played for both of our teams, but I could be. I could be wrong. That's not helpful. Yeah, the journeyman did play for both of our teams. He played for uh, Baltimore in the late '90s, and he played for the Patriots in the mid 2000s. When I say play, I say played for a reason. I don't know if he definitely didn't start a lot of games. Yeah. No, I mean mid 2000s Patriots backups, man. Yeah, not a lot of playing time to be had at quarterback there. Like, again, like, the problem with this list is, like, all these terrible names jumped in my head. Like, I'm like, Doug Flutie. It's like, Doug Flutie wasn't the first overall pick. Nah, not a number one overall pick guy. No, definitely not. Uh, Because he definitely played for us in the mid-2000s. Just a a fun fact to toss in when you were talking about trying to find your active guy. Number 12 on our list, Jared Goff. You're like, no way, he's got 30,000. Just over it. 30,429. Yeah. Just at it. You just forget that like he throws for 4,000 yards every season. Yeah. I mean, he climbs that list fast plays in a Sean McVay offense for a couple of years. And he's had a pretty good two years in Detroit. I'm going to say Alex Smith got here. I'm going to, I'm going to guess Alex Smith. He had to have gotten here, right? Alex Smith, number eight on our list, 35,650 yards. Yeah. He had like three good seasons with the chiefs, a couple good seasons with the Niners with Harbaugh at the end. Of that time, and then like just basically mediocre the rest of his career. Yeah, but played played a decent bit. Nineties Ravens quarterback. Yeah, so you're missing just five, six, and seven on our list, which is two of them played in New England, and uh, then you have number five, which is our Hall of Very Good, made a Super Bowl but didn't win. Drew Bledsoe's not Drew Bledsoe a first overall pick. I believe he was. And is he here? He is I here. He is here. Okay. Drew Bledsoe's number seven, 44,000 yards. So, like, he's got Alex Smith beat by a good nine, 9,000 yards. See, it wasn't with him. It wasn't if he was going to be on here. It was if he was the first overall pick. Yeah. He was the number one overall pick. 
because he played mainly in New England and Buffalo for most of his career. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I got two guys left. One of them played in New England in the mid two thousands and also played in Baltimore. Yep. So Brady backup journeyman somehow has forty six thousand yards and played for uh, seven total teams. Man, I just nothing's jumping at the page to me. I'm just trying to think of like. Mid two thousand Patriots backups. It's all the random ass guys that come to my head. That's the issue. <laughs> Brian Hoyer, Matt Castle. <laughs> yeah, it's none of those guys. Um, hmm, boy, I'm not gonna get too caught up on that. I've and the other guy was you said the Hall of Very Good. Hall of Very Good played for three teams. Played for two legendary receivers. One in in two different spots, and then had a couple decent years with a pretty bad franchise before he went. To his final destination, that's the team he made the Super Bowl with. I believe they matched up with the Steelers. I really hope that I'm not just feeding you horseshit and he was the mm-hmm. starting quarterback. No, 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 you're okay. Wouldn't See, be the first time uh, if I just matched up against the Steelers. So he either played for the Cardinals, which I don't think he did. Who did the Steelers beat in their other Super Bowl? Was it Seattle? Yeah, they beat Seattle in their other Super Bowl. Matt Hasselback, there's no way he was a first overall pick. Um, trying to confirm if he did play yeah. in that Super Bowl or not. You're okay. Yeah, I don't think I, I don't know who that would be. I don't know who this Brady backup is either. That's like the one that's really making me lose my I f- mind. I feel like I kind of gave it away with how many teams he played for, but you may not have been. No, okay, he did not play in the Super Bowl for. Uh, There's Kurt Warner that was in the Super Bowl against the Steelers that I was thinking of. Um. So no, he got to Arizona in 2013, which I think that's who. Oh, Carson Palmer. Duh. Carson Palmer, number five. Yeah, played for played Cincinnati, in... Oakland, Arizona. Yeah. Played for Oakland for like four four games. It felt like it was like get me the hell out. Get of me the fuck out of here. Yeah, he went from Chad Ochocinco to whoever the hell had in Oakland out to Larry Fitzgerald for a couple. Yeah, years. that's right. Yeah, Carson Palmer makes sense. Okay, so that's nine, right? Yep. So you're missing number six. Your Brady backup played for six, seven total teams. Can you give me, as my last hint, will you just tell me the year this guy was drafted? Yeah, I'd have to let me pull his Wikipedia page yeah. back up here. He's drafted number one overall by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I did put that in here before. Okay. Chris Sims, just kidding. <laughs> he was drafted in 1987. Played from 87 to 07, by the way. A large reason of why he was on this list. Hmm. Yes, he is not old enough. Spread out through the years. Two-time Pro Bowler, won a national championship in college. That's not Mark Brunel. He's not old enough. And he finished his career in New York. I don't even think he played for the Patriots. I, I'm gonna throw in the white flag. Like I just don't feel like I have any shot. You're, you're gonna smack that. yourself, but I didn't know this guy was a number one overall pick. Good old Vinny Testaverde. Is on this oh, list. Oh, Vinny, come yeah. on, Vinny. I thought when I said played for seven teams, and I was like, that's going to uh, give it away. Why did I say it that? It should have. It should have. He was the first overall pick. That's yeah. Nice. Yeah, coming out of Miami, first overall pick in 87. I, I always actually. forget he played in New England for a little bit. I just, I always think of him as a Jet. Like, he's one of those guys that's like, say Fair. Vinny Testaverde, you think of him as a Jet, you know? Let's see the other quarterbacks draft in the first round this year. Um,. Uh, Jim Harbaugh, 26 to the Bears. That's a name I recognize. Other than that, I don't know a goddamn name in the first round for quarterbacks, that is. Yeah. 
I'll take it. I'll take the nine. That's pretty. That's pretty solid because I think I only gave you really one hint. Like, and granted, it was a, a spread hint through the whole list, but still, yeah, not a bad day on trivia at all for you. No. Well, that puts me in the victor spot. Go ahead. It does. Uh, just to shout out some other memorable names, I went down to twenty or fifteen on this list just to have your closest. Like you said, Jared Goff is twelve at just at thirty thousand. Number eleven, a guy I thought you might guess, Cam Newton. 32,000. He just falls short. He came to my mind. He if he doesn't miss on. two games for COVID, he might take Troy Aikman's spot on this list. <laughs> like, True. He, yeah. he was he was definitely close. Uh, Terry Bradshaw was 13. Jeff George at number 14. And another former Patriots number one overall pick, Jim Plunkett at number 15, 25,000 yeah. yards. Yeah, Jameis would be here if he, like, didn't lose his starting job in Tampa. Like, yeah. how many yards does Jameis have? Jameis has to have, That's a like, great 25, question. 20. My guess is between 20 and 25,000 yards in his career is my guess for Jameis. I should just look up Jameis Winston's passing yards instead of <laughs> trying instead to of get my link that list. Yeah, probably. Yeah, because I did not have that list pulled up. Jameis 22, Winston. 22,000. He has... 22,104. How about it? I didn't, I didn't even look. Like, my hands were up the whole time. But I, was I read his passing. I read his completions at first, and I was like, you're way off. 1,700. And I was like, that doesn't make any fucking sense. Okay, he definitely <laughs> threw for 5,000 yards yep. one season. Hey, also, he has a 141 to 99 touchdown to pick ratio. Thought that'd be a lot closer to, to even, but. Oh, he's like, you thought he'd have like he's one forty to one ninety nine picks. He's one forty one to ninety nine. I thought it'd be like oh. one twenty oh. to one ten or something closer. It's it's crazy. I thought you said one ninety nine, and I was like, oh. I buy it. <laughs> I buy it. Yeah. <laughs> you have a two hundred picks in what <laughs> yeah. five years? <laughs> I'd, be, I'd be like, yeah, I can see it. You he threw. threw he, he had a 30 for 30 season. Yeah. 30 picks in one season. I mean, you take him is not nuts. No, nah, you take that season away, take that one season away. And he throws for 111 and 69 picks. I will say it is wild to me that he has not gotten a second chance. Like I, I am, I am very dumbfounded by the fact that that man has not gotten another chance. Yeah. Like he was like, Say what you will, like a lot of first overall, like Baker wasn't ever special, right? Baker's always been very good, right? Mm-hmm. Like no, no discredit. I, you know, you've heard us talk about Baker. We love Baker. Jameis Winston was different. Like that yeah. dude could sling the rock and he never got his second, his real shot at a second chance. So. Yeah. And I don't know if it ever will with the debacle that happened in the last game of that the Saints season. I don't, I don't think he's on a roster next season. Maybe he will for a different team. Maybe Sean Payton brings him back in. Could you imagine in Denver? <sighs> That'd be fucking. Oh, why not? I mean, at least as a backup, like it, it'd be entertaining. To say yeah, the least, but like when you list this, you're like Dan Marino, Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Matt Stafford, Peyton Manning, Ben Roethlisberger, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Jameis Winston. Those are the all the guys in NFL history that have ever thrown for five thousand yards in a season. Yeah. And one of those guys is very different from the rest, and that'd be Jameis. Yeah, that's that's well, <laughs> <laughs> Okay, this is even better because they have like the notes next to it here. So you're reading this off, you're like, this guy won an MVP, he's the first time to do it. This guy won offensive player of the year, and he's the first guy to do it multiple times. He won comeback player of the year, NFL MVP, NFL MVP, and then you get to Jameis's led NFL in interceptions, 30. <laughs> hey. 
not a ball, okay? That's so funny to me. You're just like, you're reading off all these awards. First guy to do it multiple times. You're like, led the league in picks. Dude knew how to sling the rock, homie. Don't don't disrespect my yeah, guy. Like I want to see the 2019. I'd love to just pull up their year that year. Like how many games they won. Of course, don't want to fucking pull that up off this page. Oh, there it is. Da, 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 da. Tampa Bay, seven to nine that year with a five thousand yard passer. It's almost like he threw thirty picks or something. Yeah, dude, dude, dude could huck it. So he could. There is no doubt about that that he could huck the goddamn football. All right. So with that wrapping up here, let's jump into uh, the Super Bowl recap here. Um, we're gonna kind of go team by team, give you our thoughts, and then we're gonna jump into. Um, you know, we'll jump. We'll talk about the Chiefs, then we'll talk about the Niners, and then we'll recap our bets real quick. Uh, mm-hmm. Our bets were pretty simple. Uh, yeah, they went all one way for one of us, and yep. yeah. So, um, so third Super Bowl for Mahomes, uh, three and one in Super Bowls. What is uh? Where do you think this puts him on the uh, all time tree? This has been talked about a lot this week. Man, it's hard to like just toss that like off the rip without thinking of top 10 quarterback he's in the top 10 i think i don't i don't i disagree with you already oh you don't think he's in the top 10 that's me just trying to spitball no 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 no. he's top three like oh shit like i think if he retires right now i think there's a conversation you put him he's not he's not brady yet but he's i'd probably put him three right now behind montana behind montana i think it's brady montana and then i think it's mahomes right he has done more than peyton manning did Right. Peyton Manning walked away. He retired with what? Two three Super Bowls. Two. two. Yeah. Two. Right. One in Indy, one in Denver. And then he lost one in Denver, too. Right. Mm-hmm. So he's already surpassed Manning. Right. Yep. Who probably is in that conversation in the top five for a lot of people. He's probably if you take rings out of it, if you take rings out of it, people say he's the second best of all time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that's not crazy. Right. No, he's, he's already ahead. He's already three ahead of Aaron Rodgers, who people say is the most talented quarterback of all time. Yeah. And I'm already going to say he's more Mahomes is more talented than Rodgers. I would agree. I, like I I'm would gonna, agree. I think that conversation's over. Like whatever Rodgers held in the all time conversation, it's over. It's completely, he's not the most talented quarterback anymore. It's Mahomes. Yep. Um, and I think this third ring puts him in that conversation, right? He yeah. is the like as much as we said no one will ever do what Tom Brady did again. Mahomes is on pace to already beat that. Yeah, um, I think the real conversation for Mahomes' all-time legacy starts the minute Andy Reid retires. So if Andy Reid coaches one, two, three more years, right? Even if let's say Reid coaches three more years and Mahomes gets one more Super Bowl, a worst case, right? Like that's wild to say. Like he could get zero, he could get three. You know, yeah. what I mean? you never know. Yeah, but let's just say he gets one. Then it really, that's the decide that's, that'll what will, can he catch Brady with a different coach? Because he does not have the luck that Brady had of him and Bill kind of being at the peak range to play all the way through together. Yeah. To Brady have 20 years retire. ago. Yeah. Right. And I think it scares me less, right? They've moved on from Tyra kill and been fine. Um, they'll probably have to move on from Chris Jones this off season. Right. And I, and I'm not worried. I'm not as worried about that as some people, right? He said it, he said it, the parade, he's coming back, but that's obviously 
little drunken valor. We'll see what happens yeah. when there's dollar signs involved. But we'll we'll talk about him a little bit later. Yeah. And like when Kelsey Kelsey's probably going to retire either before or when Andy retires. Like he said on his podcast, I think this week that yeah, he when, was like, if Andy retired tomorrow, he's like, I'm retiring with Andy. When big so, red goes, I go. Yeah. So we're so, probably looking at two to three years max. I'd say on max both out of on both of them. Right. Like that's when the real test of his all, like if he can catch Brady, like if he wins the Super Bowl with two different coaches and still gets that six, seven number, I think he passes Brady. Uh, What's the what's the minimum number of Super Bowls? So say they win two more. Say they those two guys are around for another three years. They win two of the next three. He ends with we'll say he even made it and lost. So he'll be five and two in Super Bowls. Gets a new coach. Still has ridiculous numbers. Probably a couple more five thousand yard passing seasons. Maybe another Super Bowl appearance or two. Doesn't win another ring. Is it still possible to pass Brady with no. five rings? You don't think so? No, not with five. Six, it's an interesting conversation. The thing I'm really curious, I'm the longevity comes into it because I mean, yeah. it's say he gets five, but he plays long enough, he beats Brady's all time passing yard mark, he passes yeah. him in the touchdown mark. And the other thing is, like, now obviously, pace people are like oh, at his current pace, he'll do this if he plays as long as Brady. It doesn't mean and you're anything, like, yeah. he'll throw for 20,000 more yards. And I'm like, I get that, that's all cool, but like saying a guy is going to throw for 4,000 yards at at 40 years old is ridiculous. I know we just saw Tom Brady do it. It's Tom fucking Brady. That's not everybody, right? Peyton Manning was throwing ducks the last two years he played. So, yeah. Uh, well, and, and Mahomes will lose some edge, right? Like, mm-hmm. like Mahomes is ultra talented, right? Like, there's no question about that. He won't be as fast. They'll lose true. some of the scrambling element. You know, the th- like, like, I'm not saying Mahomes won't age well. I'm, I'm not saying that at all. I'm just pointing out, like, there is the possibility these guys who play Mahomes S, Brett Favre, did not age well. Russell Wilson, it, not the same level of athlete as Mahomes, but a very similar guy who likes to improvise, move out of the pocket, throw on the, you know what I mean? These types of things, these guys age terribly because you either have to adapt or die, right? Yep. Like the guys we see do good at old ages are concrete pocket. feet, Tom Brady, pocket guys, right? Hey, man. Like, got, yeah. At most, Brady would move inside the pocket, step up, step, you know, step to the side. Like, not a guy who's extending a play. Like, that'll be a test, too. Like, is Mahomes able to adapt to, you know, his ability to not do that? And who knows? Maybe he'll be able to do that till he's 38. But, like, at some point, that will cost you, right? Like, and I'm, and Aaron Rodgers is like not the greatest example, but Aaron Rodgers is that same, in that same tier, I would say, as Mahomes, same style of quarterback. And he tore his Achilles, right? And you can say, well, that wasn't on a scramble play, but is it because of the wear and tear his body took? You know what I mean? Like, I think that has to be part of that conversation. And it's going to drastically, if even if you take it out of the in into a vacuum, coming off an Achilles tear at 38 years old is going to be insanely difficult. So yeah. we may be entering that season where it is change or die for Aaron Rodgers right now because – you have survived to this point while doing so. You're now coming off the hardest injury to rehab in sports. How do you adapt now? Yeah, you know? and the point I'm trying to make here, right, to kind of like bundle this whole conversation together is if Mahomes wants to have the longevity that Brady had, he is going to have to adapt or die. Mm-hmm. Like he might be able to play like this until he's 38, 39, 40. Like he might be able to push that limit, but if he wants to play into – 
41, 42, 43, he will not be able to continue like this. That was the point, right? Like, yeah. so if he's able to adapt at 37, this, this, this point becomes mute. And I'm not saying it'll go one way or the other. I'm just saying that that has to be part of the conversation of, can he pass Brady with five? No, he just can't. If it's six, I think it's really interesting. And if it's, you know, four with Andy and two with another coach, I think it's a really good argument because Tom got one without bill. Like that's the big misnomer of like, Oh, Tom Brady won. Like one directly after. Yeah. He won the first year. season with, the without season Brady, without, without, without or, bill. Yeah. Yeah. Without bill. Right. But does that like, I don't know if I call it a huge success because he, he was there. What? Three years, right? Three years. Yeah. Three years. And only got one. Like, I mean, yeah, it's a success for Tampa Bay, but like, if Brady really wanted to cement his legacy, man, you win two without Bill Belichick, you go, man. And I it, think if he swings it more, yeah. I think if he leaves three or four years earlier, I think there's a solid possibility for it. It's, we're also yeah. we're talking about a guy that was 45 when he retired. Like you're like yeah. should have won an extra one. He's fucking 44. Like kickers he don't play that long, and he could have played another year. Like he could have played this season. He like, could he could insane. get yeah he could get signed by a team next year and probably be in the top 10 conversation throughout the season. Like, I don't doubt it. Like, it's not, he's not a fat slob already. Like, he's still taking care of his body and everything. So, yeah, Mahomes is a first ballot Hall of Famer right now. Um, yeah. I hate it. I can't stand it. It burns my ass that I have the best quarterback in my franchise's history. Arguably may go down as the best player in Ravens history if he plays his whole career here. And I will never be able to mention a sentence with Lamar Jackson's name without somebody being like, oh, but Patty was better. It hurts. It sucks. I hate it. But welcome to what the past 20 years was for every other team in the league, you know, that had Peyton Manning and Drew Brees and all these other guys. Yeah, rip if you're an AFC fan because it's just like you're like, well, here we and go. that's what I saw a skit that was like, uh, I think it was like the Goat Quarterback Club or whatever by the guy that does all the, the great NFL skits, and he's like, you know, Bray's like, all right, I'm gonna go for the three peat. I'm coming for that seat, Tom. Don't you worry about it. And Tom gets on the phone. He's like, hey man, we got to get some more good quarterbacks in the AFC. And he's like, <laughs> what do you mean all the good quarterbacks are already in the AFC? In the AFC. Pretty and, much. True. And it burns me that everyone's like, all right, well, I guess Joe Burrow's our last fucking hope because nobody else could get it done. It hurts me even more that that's the case, that it's a division rival that is supposed to be the guy that could take him down because currently he's the only guy that's done so in the postseason. Yeah. So I mean, Allen, Allen has played so well. Like, Allen is in the conversation. I would say Allen is probably the second best quarterback in the NFL, and his biggest hump is Patrick Mahomes, right? Yeah. Like, like the only guy who Allen can't beat is Mahomes. My other question, I posed this to somebody else, and I don't remember how they answered. I feel like they kind of waved me off, which I don't think is is true, <clears throat> is fair. But do is there a certain point that we get to where we start to give a little bit of a pass to the quarterbacks of this generation because they're playing at the oh. same? Because and I don't think yeah. Brady ever really got a pass because he hung around for fucking 23 years, right? There were guys that were able to win Super Bowls in that time frame. But, like, I look at Michael Jordan in the 90s. There's a lot of 90s – probably some of the best players in 90s basketball of that era that yeah. never won a ring because they played the same time as Michael Jordan. Like, when is that point? Do we get to it? So, like, I will always say, like, if Brady doesn't exist, Manning probably has four Super Bowls. Yeah, like I think that's a fair statement, and then you could probably say Philip Rivers probably gets one. You know, Joe Flacco has three. 
I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. kidding. Drew Brees probably gets, you know, a second one, maybe a third one. Two or three, yeah. So, like, what I'm trying to say is one. Eli has none. Well, maybe. (laughs) Maybe. Who knows? We've never seen Eli be. Aaron Rodgers might have three or four. Yeah, exactly. Like, the point is, is you take Tom's seven rings and you distribute them to the all-time greats. It probably isn't funneled super like it's not going to be like Manning all of a sudden is going to have six. Yeah, like he probably gets to four. You know what I mean? He probably puts himself more in that top three conversation. Yeah. Um, do I think Josh Allen can win a Super Bowl? Yes. Do I think Joe Burrow can win a Super Bowl? Yes. Do I think Lamar Jackson still has a chance to win a Super Bowl? Yes. Like the window isn't closed completely for all of these guys. Mm. Um, but it's just currently. It's currently guarded by Patrick Mahomes, and he is yeah, not going to yeah. let anybody through that window until somebody breaks through that window. And Joe Burrow almost did until Matthew Stafford shut him out. Yeah, right. So Matthew Stafford, like they had that run. There's going to be a team that creates magic and is going to beat Mahomes, right? Mm-hmm. It's just it's it's the reality of the situation. Now, I think they get some pass. It, it what separates, and this is what I've always said, is like what separates Drew Brees from the Ben Roethlisberger and the Peyton Manning conversation, the the next ring, right? Like any excuse Drew Brees had, I mean, and I would argue Drew Brees has less of an excuse because he played in the NFC where both those guys were in the AFC and they had to go against Tom Yeah, and they still got two rings. Brees was on the other side, only made it to one Super Bowl. So that's why like when we, yeah, you're right. I think you're right. I am. I am right, but thank you. I always am. <laughs> I, I'm right. I know. Um, uh, he actually beat Manning in his, but they did. Um, so yeah, you look at that and you're like, that to me is what like why I hate the Drew Brees top ten all time conversation. I love that guy. Like, his numbers are there, and the way he played was great, but it never produced on the thing that we value quarterbacks the most. Yeah, at, right? statistically, like, he's like he might be top three. If you yeah, look at numbers, yeah, absolutely, yeah, which is insane to be like his numbers top three rings, not top ten. <laughs> and the other thing I'll say too to clarify that is I hold Aaron Rodgers to that same standard, right? What excuse did you have in the NFC? Like Brady went against Eli Manning twice. You know Mike McCarthy I mean? like, is his head coach. That's what his excuse was. Yeah, like, I don't think Mike McCarthy was that bad, but no, um, I know, I know you hate Mike McCarthy, but like. He's he's a good enough coach to at least get you there more than once. Yeah, um, got him there twice. It might be a combination of things, but like there is less of an excuse. Like I don't excuse it on that side. You know, I would rather you see have the Jim Kelly record of going zero and four and be like, listen, dude, Jim got there. Okay, true. Not my. It's not his fault that he ran into the what the Niners, the Cowboys. Like he lost to these all time great teams. Yeah. So, like, if you said rank 90s quarterbacks, I'm putting Jim Kelly at three. You know what I mean? I'm going to put him behind Steve Young and Troy Aikman, but I'm going to say that dude's definitely three with four Super Bowl appearances. Fair. I give that to maybe, you. Maybe you sneak – like, Favre's so weird in that conversation because – I think you like, see like, does Montana count as a 90s guy or no? Yeah, like, I would put him more in the 80s category. Fair. Like, I'd say, like, if I had to, like, separate him, I'd put Montana in the 80s. Like, Young Favre, I'd say early 2000 even though he won a Super Bowl in 96. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? But I, I mean, that could be that. That's like, weird. That era is always tough because it's like age wise, you know, I was four in 2000. So it's like, Fair. I think of far post 2000, even though the peak, like he won MVPs in the nineties. So he's probably a nineties QB. Um, so maybe, maybe Jim Kelly's four, you know, still, 
still. Yeah. Not a Super Bowl ring and being top five is pretty damn good for an era. You'll yeah. give them that. Yeah, they, that's the point I was trying to make. So. Yeah, no. Uh, Mahomes is a Hall of Famer right now. Retire tomorrow. First ballot. Not a question. Anybody who thinks otherwise is a hater or you don't know what you're talking Wrong. about. I mean, that's, that's what it comes down to. Like, I get it, guys. It's it's uh, We're sick of hearing it. You're sick of hearing people talk about it. But I will tell you from two guys that have watched football for 10, 15, 20 years plus now, this is the best quarterback I've seen with my own two eyes. Most talented. Like, because I said that, I remember I texted that to somebody and they're like, did Tom Brady die? And I was like, I'm talking about what I see on a football field yeah. in 60 minutes of play. This is the best guy I have seen. Now, obviously, he doesn't have the numbers or the rings, this, that, or the other. But like, when I say best, I mean talented. You know, this is, this is, I'll, I'll, I'll have this conversation with you. All right. Cause I think it's still interesting mm-hmm. and I don't want to spend too much more time on it. But it always bothered me when you said, you know, last drive, games on the line, who are you taking? And people always took Aaron Rodgers over Brady. And it's, I never understood it. It is. I, now, if, yeah, no, continue. Sorry. And and I it always drove me insane because I was like, how does that make any sense? Brady has always done great. The dude was a six-round pick, and he was in his second season, and he, and he led a team on a game-winning Super Bowl drive. Like, huh? Like, what? what is this conversation? It's like the talent outweighed him there. Now, I'm let me, I got like, 30 more seconds. Oh, and then good. now with Mahomes, you have the talent level of Aaron Rodgers and the clutchness of Tom Brady. If you wanted to save Mahomes over Brady in the final drive, I I would have a I would I would go, I don't necessarily agree with you, but I see I see the argument. Uh, yeah, like, it's I, I, yeah. it's close. It's re, it's de- like I might be 52% Brady and 48% Patrick. You know what I mean? Fair. Like, yeah. It's that level of close for me. And that's what, that's exactact. I, I'm so glad you brought that up. Cause I, exa- I told somebody that at work. Exactly. I think that argument stems now, if I had a quarterback for one play, I need a four, I need a 50 yard hail Mary. Who would I have? Aaron Rodgers. No doubt. It's the best hail Mary thrower of all time. He's throwing like, Flutie. he's th- <laughs> true. He probably has the most famous one, but Rodgers throw like three Hail Mary touchdowns to win or tie football games. That I think a lot of people get caught up on that fact when you when you ask them that question. I agree with you. It's Brady. And I was talking to somebody at work on Monday. Can, I, can I counter that point real quick? Yeah. Quick 30 second. Okay. Saying Aaron Rodgers is clutch is like saying somebody who won the lottery is a good businessman. That's just flat out my opinion. Fair. Well, two two different things. There. How about this? A guy that hit the lottery three times is a good businessman. Like it still does not. It's one luck. three. It's luck. Yeah, it's Fair. luck. So that's Fair. that's my go ahead. But that's all I want to say. On that. But yeah, I was talking to somebody on Monday, and he's he's a Chiefs fan, and of course, every time we talk about it, he I, he's trying to rub it in my face that you know they took Baltimore out on the way, and I'm like, I would love to sit here and bitch at you and come after you, but I can't. You know, your team has the best quarterback in the game. But, like, I was like, Brady is the best because despite never being the most talented, he always got the job done, right? You look at a lot of those – we talk about all the guys that we've mentioned at this point, right? Peyton Manning and, and Aaron Rodgers and all these guys. Like, is Brady more talented? No. But why is Brady the best of all time? Because he got the fucking job done. Now we're looking at Patrick. You're like, he is the most talented and he gets the job done. That's yeah. why he's going to retire as the best guy of all time, most most likely. Yeah, I would say I'd say he's got he's got the best chance. Best chance by far. Yeah, I shouldn't that, say most that we've likely. We've seen we've but. seen in in a long time. 
and and we've always said this about good teams, right? We talk about it a lot. Is they just win, right? They just it doesn't matter what it takes, doesn't matter what the game looks like. They just find a way to win. And Mahomes and Brady are very much on that level, right? Yeah. The whole game, every I mean, I don't know about you, everyone watching that game, the 49ers were leading most of that game, right? Yeah. I think there's three lead changes the whole game. The whole time, the 49ers are up a touchdown, three points, whatever. I still I still was sitting there going, I think the Chiefs win. Like they're behind and I'm going, yeah, I don't, I haven't lost any faith. Like yeah. when they were down 10 points, I was still going, yeah, I think they win. I don't know if I was sitting there and being like, oh, I think they win this game. Cause I did have a lot of faith in the Niners and that, that they were a well-coached team, but I was like, it's definitely not over. I was like, there's, yeah. they could have been down. They could have been down 28 to three at halftime. I wouldn't have thought it was over. Oh, Why'd you have to do that? To ah, I'm Just That's the, messed up. Jab, jab. Just, just spin the knife around. Sorry. But yeah, like there was, there was no point in that game where I thought they were out of it and no point in any scenario that you would have came up with outside of a two touchdown lead with less than 30 seconds where I would have thought Patrick Mahomes was out of it. And even two touchdowns in 30 seconds, I'm like, I got to see the onside kick first after they score the first one. And then, then I might lose hope if they don't get the onside back. Right. But like he has earned that level of respect and that's the, that is the crazy part about it. And I think that's the largest testament to his legacy so far is he has earned that Brady-esque respect of never being out of a football game, and he's 28 years old. It took Brady until he's like 36, 35, until we're like, this game's not over. It's not over till, until that guy says it's over, right? Until 12 says it's over, it's not over. It's not over till 15 says it's over, so. All right. Let's jump into this next topic. I'm going to pivot off the script here. Okay. I don't really like we're, we can spend 30 seconds on this. Mahomes or uh, Kelsey and Reed's interaction during the game. Yeah. They covered it on their podcast. I think they covered it beautifully. It was passionate people having a passionate argument that just wanted to win. And yeah, that's kind of, I don't have anything else to add to it. I just had it on there in case you did, but I really don't. I, I think it's well covered at this point. So yeah. Anytime you are one of the best players in football, especially best players at your position and a turnover happens in a game in a, a turnover happens when you're not on the field in a game that you're down in, you're going to be upset. Right. And you know, he's getting it. At Coach Reed because he wants to be in the football games. I don't care if we're running the ball. I'll fucking block. We're in the Super Bowl. Don't take me off the field. 100% understand where he's coming from. I'm glad that they were able to laugh it off afterwards and, you know, yeah. that that Andy can sit there in post game 40 minutes after it happened and be like, he's a passionate kid. He wants to be on the football field. Never going to fault him for it. You know, like maybe if he would have yeah. knocked me over, it would have got more serious. There would have been a story there. But I agree. It's – I think – there was more of a story because he almost knocked him over because Andy Reid wasn't ready for it. I think if Reid is watching him run up to him and and that happens, I don't think we're talking about it as much. But he caught him off guard, almost knocked him over. That's where half the story comes from. It's a passionate guy, best tight end in the football, a top five tight end of all time. He wants to be on the football field. Every snap possible, No, not much more to it. So let's jump into the the next conversation. Um, I want to talk about Kyle Shanahan's play calling. Um, this is the one that we didn't have on there. Okay. Um, to me, I'm going to defend Kyle Shanahan in a little bit. I do need to criticize him here. The, the in the third quarter was it the third? Yeah, I think it was the third when they had those three straight three and outs. Mm-hmm. I was like, man, why won't he run the ball? I just was watching it. And I was having flashbacks. I was like, this is Atlanta 
all over again. I was having flashbacks. Felt like the AFC title game. I'm like, what are we doing? Yeah. Come on. I watched the whole first half. And I'm like, every single time Christian McCaffrey had a carry for over four yards, I got mad. I'm like, this should have been us. I was like, we should be sitting here playing the 49ers right now, but we abandoned the run. And that was my whole talking point coming up to the Super Bowl. I was like, I, do I count Patrick Mahomes out? No. But I do like the Niners in this game because Kyle Shanahan won't abandon the run like Baltimore did. And here I am watching wow. in the third quarter, and I'm like, well, way to make me look like a fucking idiot, Kyle. Thanks. Christian McCaffrey ended with like 80 yards on the game. Yeah. And- he was do like he had a first half where I think he had 40 or 50 in the first half. Yeah. Something like that. And I was like, oh man, they're moving the ball. I was like, man, if they could just keep this up, just maintain this. Yeah. I mean, you keep going. I was just going to oh. chip in after you're done. Oh, uh, you looked ready. So I was just going to let you fire on that one. Um, But I was so, I was like, man, why is he doing this? Why is he just, they had clearly figured out Purdy at that point, right? Like mm-hmm. they said, Hey, if Purdy's got a third and long, we're just going to pressure him. We're just going to send him we're send seven. Call we're it a send day. seven. And yeah, we're going to cut like the, fa- they called cover zero. And there were several times in, to watching the game. I'm like watching and I, they're not non-football people, but they're just not, you know, it's not like you and I weren't watching. The game, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. These are just casual fans. And I said, that is such a ballsy play. And they're like, why? What? I was like, that was cover zero. They're like, what does that mean? I was like, he just said, like, like I was like, that. Uh, You're, I'm blanking on his name. Um, the, the Spags. Chief, Spags. I'm like, Spags is just going, eh, if we get in his space, he's not going to throw it to anybody. So it doesn't matter if they're covered or not. Just send everybody. I'm like, what the hell? That corner blitz in the fourth quarter, I was like, With Trent dude, McDuffie. the nuts on that guy is insane. And, and I'll give him credit. He knew that he could run. Like, there are a lot of quarterbacks in the league where that doesn't work. No. Lamar Jackson. Probably a good 80% of the quarterbacks that may not work on in this league, but it is a rookie and, and people have been all over Brock Purdy, right? There's a lot of talk up until the Super Bowl. Is he, is he good system game manager, whatever, where Brock Purdy can separate himself and put a lot of these to bed. You, if you're not going to be special, you know, during the play and you don't have this crazy arm talent, this, that, or the other, you have to try to emulate Peyton Manning. You have to be the smartest guy before the ball is snapped. Because I do think there were multiple times, and including that Trent McDuffie blitz, where now I'm not saying, I don't know if Peyton Manning would have even realized it. Because McDuffie came up on the hard count and backed off. And it was at a three or four yard set from the line of scrimmage. You're not thinking a corner is blitzing when he's four yards off. But he did, right? So, and I'm not saying that Purdy should have made this play. That is where the growth, I think, Brock Purdy can make himself a top 10 quarterback. He's not a bad quarterback by any stretch. But if you're not going to be the special in during the play and do all these amazing things, that is where the growth happens to me. And I do think there was a couple times on throwaways, on sacks and hurries, where he could have avoided it with a couple pre-snap reads that just weren't there, right? And so, like... If I'm Brock Purdy, that's what I'm working on in the offseason. But I agree. Spags was lining up and, and said, this isn't Peyton Manning, right? This isn't Aaron Rodgers. This isn't a guy that's going to escape out of here. It's not a guy that's going to create with his legs a ton. And he's not a guy that's going to recognize what we're sending at him a good 80% of the time. I'd send the fucking house after him too. But it is a, it is a gutsy call. Once they had it, it was just like, he was like, cool, we got it. If it's third and seven, I know what we're doing. Like he just... He knew he knew what the the answer was, right? Like it was, 
he took he was taking the test and he already knew what the correct answer was it didn't matter he was already he was already circling c he said it's c we're just sending this and it's gonna go so um but yeah i was ultimately really disappointed in that play call like the play calling by kyle i was like man you're not helping brock out at all like mccaffrey has looked unstoppable right like there was times where i was like man mccaffrey wants this more than anyone else on this football field and in the first half, like, because everyone was talking about it afterwards. So, like, the Chiefs shut down the run game. He averaged under four yards a carry. It's not something you can really manage. Firstly, I guarantee you he was averaging over four during the first half. A lot of that second half stuff, they're giving it to him in not the right spot. I think there was a couple spots they should have ran. They didn't, and vice versa, obviously. The first half was, was San Francisco's. They didn't cash in with points. And I know a lot of people, the Chiefs haters are a wolf. The ball doesn't hit the 49ers' ankles on that muffed punt, and they get the touchdown right after. Then I'll win the game. Well, what if don't? Maybe they don't. I was like, what ifs don't really fucking matter because it happened, right? Like the muffed punt happened. I know it's a short change. We're not asking, not asking the Niners' defense to go out and get a stop there. It is virtually impossible to probably hold them out of the end zone in that in that scenario. But all right, San Francisco's offense has to answer. You have to come out and make up for that mistake at that point because. It's hard to stop any NFL offense when you hand them the ball at the 25-yard line, especially the Chiefs offense. The thing I'll say about that, like everyone looked at that play. It was the turning point in the game, right? The Mm -hmm. momentum shifted. You could feel it. It was almost just as likely that Mahomes connects on a deep shot than than like that could have happened or this could have happened, right? Mm -hmm. So like to say like, oh, if that doesn't happen, well, you know what could have happened on the very next drive, McCall Harmon's open and he hits him for a 55 yard bomb for a touchdown. Yeah. Right. Like, like that could have easily just as happened as well. So to me, it's kind of a null and void point of like Mahomes makes one big play that's, you know, in his control and the momentum swings just like it did there. And we could talk, I mean, and that's the thing you could toss. What ifs the whole time? What okay. if Patrick, what if Patrick Mahomes shredded his Achilles running out on the field, not Dre Greenlaw? What if? Cool. Why are we talking about it? Because it didn't happen. So yeah. All right. Um, let's let's dive into the overtime, discussion, right? And yeah. I think this is a really complex. I was talking about it with somebody at work today, mm-hmm. and I think it's a really complex decision. There's no doubt about that. Here's my reasoning why I think Kyle Shanahan made the right decision. Okay. Um, I know a lot of people have been super critical, of saying. What are you doing? Why are you doing that? Why are you giving Patrick Mahomes the fourth down? Yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm I going to play devil's advocate here. Let's say the 49ers go down and score. They score can go for two. They score a touchdown, right? Well, we're going to, we're going to run. I know we just talked about what ifs, but this is, this is the what if behind the reasoning to me, why it matters. Okay. Mm-hmm. You haven't been able to stop Mahomes all night, right? Like, you know, in the second half, overtime, in the second half. Yeah. Right. You're going into the second half. You're going into this overtime knowing Mahomes is one of the most unstoppable players all time in overtime, right? This man is clutcher than clutch. He is going to score a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Um, now, this is where I'll vary from what what Kyle did. Like, I don't think they should have kicked that field goal. I think they should have gone for it. But And I'll I take it a step further. I think third and five, run the ball. 
then make your decision yeah. on fourth and two. You might get it. You might run yeah. for six yards there, get a first down. Throwing on third and five and taking a shot at the end zone was not the right call. No. It set up the fourth down for the field. That's, to me, where the problem starts. They should have been treating it like the, the <clears throat> Chiefs were treating it on that second drive where, hey, fourth down is in play. We're going to treat third down like, hey, if we can get a three-yard check down or a run or whatever, put ourselves in an easier position for fourth down. They should have been doing that on the first drive, regardless yep. ball first or second. Yeah. Um, but let's, let's run through, right? Let's say the 49ers go down, they score a touchdown. They get the two point conversion. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, cause everyone's argument here. Well, even if the 49ers scored a touchdown, kick the extra point, we were going to go for two and, and win the game that way. So let's say the 49ers go down, they score, two, they score eight points on it. Mahomes goes back, does the same thing. This is why it's the right call is because if Mahomes matches you there, your best opportunity to win the game is on that third, the third possession. You just need a field goal to win. It's yep. sudden death. That is the 49ers best chance. I'm not talking analytics. I'm not talking statistically. I'm saying real game sense. Their best opportunity to win the game was, Hey, we go push, push for Mahomes, right? Yeah. Now I think the field goal was ultimately the big mistake or, Right. Yeah. Yeah. The field goal was because, you know, Mahomes is probably more than likely going to score there. So for me, if I'm Kyle Shanahan say I'd rather lose by going for it on fourth down and trying to get the touchdown than kick the field goal and lose that way. I agree. Game sense wise tells me Mahomes is scoring a touchdown. I don't care if you get the touchdown, kick the extra point and say, because this is the other part of it too, right? They go down, they kick the extra point, they get seven. You have a better chance of getting it on the third drive or stopping Mahomes on a two point conversion to win the game than you ever do of holding the ball second. Yeah. And then trying to like, hopefully we hold them on the third drive. Yeah. Like game sense wise to me, it makes the argument on the other side makes little to no sense. And the thing that makes it worse is, and like, you could say whatever you want, the comments made, or we didn't know about the overtime rules, this, that, or the other, right. Use check and multiple players talking about it afterwards. The, it's all hearsay, right? People have walked back their comments, this, that, or the other, right? Use check is like, oh, people are just trying to use it to shit on Kyle after the fact, whatever. Firstly, the fact that you did not have a meeting about it beforehand, right? And Why? that that is a large thing. I, I I think, I again, to me, I'm going to defend this a little bit too. Okay. It matters less that the players understand what's going on. long as Kyle and the coaching staff understood the rules, I don't really care if Kyle use check my fullback gets what the hell's happening there. It is, it is slightly bad to be underprepared, right? I'm not going to argue that point to you. Mm-hmm. How much does it matter in reality? I, I don't think it matters. If, if Brock Purdy just trusts Kyle Shanahan enough that he understands it, that's what matters. the most. And the other issue is right. And then Shanahan comes out and he's like, Oh, we're planning for the third drive. Then why are you kicking a field goal on the first? Right? Because I sit there and I'm the same way with you. Like, I get to that fourth down, and part of me is like, oh, well, I would have gone for it. But honestly, like, I get it that they had struggled in the second half, but like, they put up probably the second best game any defense has against Patrick Mahomes in this yeah. postseason outside of Baltimore. I think Baltimore did a better job at holding them in that game, held them 17 points. You would play the second best game. So I understand wanting to have faith in your defense. But again, the third and five call, throwing the ball, that's the mistake. You have to put yourself at least get yourself to the fourth and two, right? Now we have a conversation. I understand. Maybe you're not as confident on fourth and five because you feel like the run's out of it. You just had an incomplete pass. You're not really thinking that you have a good shot here on fourth and five. 
well, what if we had just ran the goddamn ball? Even if we went par for the course and got three yards, fourth and two, we're back in running territory. We could do a lot of different things here. I could throw a flat route to Kyle Juszczyk if I wanted to on fourth and two. If you're planning for the third drive, you cannot kick a field goal on the first. That's that. I also find it insane that this, the Chiefs didn't have that game-winning play installed until like the final practice on that Friday before the Super Bowl. They ran it twice for two touchdowns last year's Super Bowl. And they were like, hey, we should probably throw this back in there. And it turns out to win the game. Game-winning touchdown goes to fucking McCole Hardman, of all people, who started the year on the Jets, yeah. comes back in, disappointing season, didn't do a ton in the receiving game, didn't do a ton in the return game. Makes a Super Bowl winning catch. I mean, just a, a crazy year for him on, you know, a way to end it like that. But I agree. There was just so many things. I mean, you could say, because, right, people have been getting after Kyle, right? They're, you're unprepared. You should have deferred this, that, or the other. The bottom line is there were multiple mistakes made, and those mistakes are somewhat understandable, but they don't line up with the excuses that you're giving me or we're planning for the third drive that you can't kick a field goal. Right. I mean, that's does think, not go think, hand in hand. I think we're in alignment of like, he made the right decision, but played it wrong. Basically is yeah. you need to, you need to be more, you need to go for it, be more aggressive on third and fourth down. Right. Like understand, Hey, I can take the three yard check down. I can take the two yard run out of McCaffrey on third and fives. Cause I can play for fourth. And I can't settle for the field goal. That's just not a viable option. Yeah, you cannot be aggressive and take the ball first against Patrick Mahomes and then chicken shit out and kick a field goal at the end of the drive. And I will agree because Tony Romo talked about it a little bit at the end of regulation. It was like, you know, if your defense is coming off a long drive, they might be gassed. You're not having a lot of faith in a team that just – if your defense just came off the field after a six-minute drive to end the game, I don't even remember how the end of that game played out. But if your defense is gassed, that that might have went into the decision-making at that point as well. If you're like, well, I don't want to run a tired defense out against Patrick Mahomes. We have no shot to stop. We definitely don't have a shot to stop him at that point, right? Yeah. So, again, you cannot be aggressive and then chicken shit out at the end. That is the worst way to lose in sports. If you're going to make mistakes, make them aggressively. Go for it on fourth down. Lose it there. That is a much better way to go down than to be aggressive and then kind of let up at the end. As, as much as people criticize Dan Campbell for the way that they lost to the 49ers, you're like, man, I wish the 49ers had 50% of the balls that Dan Campbell yep. has. Because if that's Dan Campbell in that situation, I promise you. They He's go going for it. On that fourth part. Yeah, 100%. Because he would have understood that they need the touchdown, right? Like, it's either touchdown or bust, and then we either have to hope we can stop them. Like, because I even respect going for getting the seven – and, you know, kicking the extra point and going, okay, hey, he's going to score. We just got to pray we can, st- like, we can, can stop him on the two-point conversion. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. our best bet. Hope he makes a mistake and hope we can stop him on the, the two-point conversion because I, I just, statistically speaking, it's just like, I and I keep saying statistically, but, like, it's just the logic in my brain that's the statistics. There's no, like, I don't have, Numbers. Like, you know analytics in front of me like to say like oh the pie chart says you should have gone for it (laughs) i'm just saying like as as a person who like is watching the game and has a feel for it and is just like that's not the call i would have made if i could get in his ear i would have been like we need to go for it we need to be aggressive the eye test says if number 15 reds on the other side you don't play it safe you go for it you have to go there's no chance you cannot leave the ball 
cannot leave the game in Patrick Mahomes' hands and expect to win. You will lose every single time. Yeah. Um, let's talk about Brock Purdy's play for a second. I want to pull this up because mm-hmm. I want to talk to you about this part specifically. I thought this was awesome. Okay. So everyone is saying Brock Purdy had a good game. Would you say Brock Purdy had a good game? Mm. He had like, an okay. I, I, he, had, he had an okay game. Okay right? game. Pretty good. Everyone's everyone's defending him. Okay. This is uh, first off, shout out Ghetto Gronk for just posting fire stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Funny stuff most of the time. Slightly inappropriate. But okay. <laughs> so are we. Brock Purdy was 61% completion, 267 yards, one touchdown. 89.3 rating QBR. Pretty good. Like I'd say that's okay. Solid, solid. Right. Jalen Hurts last year. Everybody was like, wow, you choke artist. You lost the game. 71% completion, 374 yards, four touchdowns and a 103 rating. Okay. So I I say that to not only defend Jalen, but also to put in perspective of like Jalen Hurts is more in the conversation for being an elite quarterback than Brock Purdy is. Right? 100%. Jalen had an off year, but like the way Jalen played in the Super Bowl versus the Chiefs versus the way Brock played it is just to me, there's a night and day difference there. Like Mm -hmm. everyone keeps putting it like it's on the same level and it's truly just not like there's just no other way to describe that. The the bad part and the thing that takes it from good to okay or great to okay that knocks Brock Purdy down a level is the best part of his game in the Super Bowl was not turning the ball over. Right. That can't be the best part of your night. You're never going to beat Patrick Mahomes if the thing I did best was I didn't make a mistake. Cool. That's the bare minimum, dog. (laughs) You're not supposed to make mistakes, right? Like, you cannot do it that way. So, there's it's a bit on Brock at that point, but it's also a bit on Kyle. I don't think they put him in the best spots a lot of the time, right? And But that's also where you separate good from elite. You're in a bad spot. Your coach didn't put you in a good spot. The defense didn't put you in a good spot. What do you do when the cards are stacked? Because good quarterbacks fold. Elite quarterbacks find a way to get the job done, or at least get damn close to it, right? Jalen Hurts last year got damn close to it. Brock Purdy this year didn't, right? Yeah. Um, All right. Uh, We want to talk about – let's talk about Steve Wilkes. Uh, Mm -hmm. To me, again – slightly unlogical to fire him Uh, i agree coming off he had a great he was a good that defense was top five all year no question right yep steve steve looked good chase young had like maybe the best game of his career in that super bowl he looked amazing Mm -hmm. Uh, the 49ers defense like you said was probably the second best defense that had played mahomes uh maybe the best some would argue they played him really well they got an interception off of him not many people were able to do that it's the first postseason interception he's ever thrown the yeah, which is nuts. Fucking so, insane. like, here here's the biggest argument I'm going to say for Steve Wilkes, okay? If you said, hey, Steve Wilkes came in an interview and said, hey, when we play Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl, I'm going to hold them to 19 points. You'd be like, cool, you're hired. Yeah. You, you, yeah, you're in. Let's go. Awesome. Hey, I can get I can get this team to at least score 21 in, in the end of regulation, right? Kyle Shanahan's thinking that in his head, and he didn't do it. Like, in my opinion, if you said, hey, these two had an agreement, who didn't hold up their end of the bargain? Or the bargain? It, it's Kyle Shanahan, right? Like, I was like, man, Steve Wilkes had that defense rolling. Like, what else did you want the man to do? Yeah. 
other than doing the absolute impossible and stopping Mahomes on the last drive. That's the only thing. Yeah. And again, it's impossible for a fucking reason. Now, for the people out there that are like, well, if you're looking for a scapegoat, somebody to fire, it should have been Shane Ann. Absolutely not. Horrible decision. No. If I fire one of the two, I'll fire Wilkes 10 out of 10 times. Doesn't make it any better. It doesn't make it the right decision to fire Wilkes either. Now, the only thing to me that makes up for this where I'm like, okay, really wasn't a terrible move. If there is a top DC that lands this job, like if they go hire Brian Flores to be their DC, I'm like, all right, um, you know, I'll they live. Won't. I'll live. They Brian's won't. in Minnesota. They won't. But, you know, like something along those lines would make me think, okay, I somewhat understand the move. You can't – It's it just – does it look soft? That was the question I heard today. Was was it a soft move by Shanahan to fire Steve Wilkes? I think it was a little soft to do it, what, three days removed, two days removed from the Super Bowl. Yeah. I think that's a little weird because, again, because what was the – like – they played, they played a great game against Patrick Mahomes. Now, if they were to let go of him before the Super Bowl, it would be like, okay, because they played a shit game against Green Bay. They played a shit game against Detroit and were able to, again, Brock Purdy, the reverse Dak Prescott, comes through in the clutch moments, won them those two games. The defense did not win them against Green Bay. It did not win them the game against Detroit. Obviously, they got some stops down the stretch. That's how you win games. But they were in bad spots. They almost lost the two games they played beforehand because of the defense. The Super Bowl was not on Steve Wilkes. It was not on Fred Warner. And who knows what happens to Drake Greenlaw's out there or not for that whole game. One of the just yeah, – what a horrible a fucking tough. injury. Yeah. That's I, it might be the worst injury in – as far – not obviously like the, the brutality of it, but like when you're talking about timing and everything, it might be the worst injury I've ever seen in sports. Like pure non-contact juice just trying to run back out on the field to play football in a Super Bowl and to have your season – just st- stolen from you like that is fucking heartbreaking. Like yeah, that, is, that is just a horrible way to go down. Uh, so but. I want, I want to read you this article from Yahoo sports. Okay. okay. I'm glad w- when you mentioned you want to talk about it, I was like, Oh man, I forgot. I read this. Okay. Um, internal candidates for uh, to replace Steve Wilkes. Okay. Uh, Nick Swarson is, is on the top of the list. Uh, previously in 2021, he was the Jacksonville Jaguars special teams coordinator. Uh, he spent last season as their, uh, passing game. Uh, what do they call it? Passing game coordinator. And, yeah. Pa- yeah. Defensive passing game coordinator. Thank you. Mm. Uh, Daniel Bollocks, who I don't know. Uh, it's his seventh season, um, with the 49ers. So, uh, he's been their safeties coach for, for the last couple seasons. Uh, Chris Korak who spent the last five seasons as the 49ers D line coach, uh, Johnny Holland, uh, his eighth season with the 49ers, uh, fifth season as linebackers coach. None of those names are like, wow, like jumping at me. You know what I mean? It's an internal hire. So probably there's so much talent on the defense. You probably can't go wrong, but it's not exciting. External. This is, I love this external list. First name, Bill Belichick as your defensive coordinator. Fuck off. There's just no shot that happens, no, right? No. The guy wouldn't take a head coaching job without being also the GM. He's not taking a DC job. That's ridiculous. Let's jump into the next one. Steve Care or yeah, Pete Carroll is is the next one on this list. Also feels like an impossibility. No. Uh Now this one's slightly more interesting to me. Mike Vrabel. If you could get Mike Vrabel 
I don't know. Like he, I don't think he was ever the defensive coordinator. Um, I think he went straight to head coach if I remember right. Oh no. Okay. This says first three years as linebacker coach and then their defensive coordinator in 2016. So he's one year as a defensive coordinator, um, which is just, it's, it's so wild. It's it's, to me that that, that's your list. It's like, man, I don't know if you could get any of those guys. It's possible for Vrabel. Now, if there were any head coaching spots open, you're like, fuck no, there's no chance in hell. The only reason that Vrabel has a shot to be their DC is because Right now, he's probably not in the NFL next year, currently. As it currently sits, he's probably not going to be on a sideline next year, which is fucking insane to say. But I, if I'm Vrabel, I take the job because, I, I mean, I don't know if I do. I think he gets a head coaching job next year regardless. Like, I don't think Vrabel needs to rebound with the Niners, but it would be good to just get another year of tape in, um, you know. I- I think the point is, is all the sexy names are gone. You know, yeah. Mike, Mike Zimmerman would have been an intriguing name. Yeah, Mike He's Zimmerman. off the market with, with the Cowboys. Uh, you could have talked me into Vic Fangio would have been a really interesting name. He's, he's in Philly, even though he wasn't really actually available. Right. Like that was, yeah, I think he's jumped over from, I, they, I think it parted ways with Miami and then landed yeah, there. Yeah. I think he, he, he has family who lives in Pennsylvania. So I think he ah. said basically like, I want to be close to my family. Fair. Uh, and then, it's an upgrade of a job too, in my opinion. Yeah. So it's like you sit here and you're just like, like everyone, everyone who was a strong external candidate is gone. Yeah. Now I think you have an interesting argument. Does Bill Belichick love football enough to come back as the 49ers DC and to prove to everyone he can work with somebody else? It's a historic franchise. Like if there's a really, it's really interesting. If there's a franchise he would take a DC job at, I think there's only two that come to mind, and it would be Green Bay or it'd be San Fran, just from the franchise's perspective. But I'd probably take the DC job back in New York, like old days. If they if that team was more talented, really? I think that would be on the table. Wait, are you saying with the Jets? No, with the Giants. Oh, okay, Giants. with the Giants. Sorry. Fair. Yeah, his old job, like he was back when Bill uh, Parcells was the head coach. Yeah. Um, I don't think he ever coached with the Jets. I don't think he just signed with them and then yeah, bounced. I think like Parcells retired almost immediately, and then they were like, "Oh, well, since he's retiring, we're just going to make Belichick the replacement." And then Belichick was like, "Actually, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> I'm going to go kick your ass to the division for 20 years instead." <laughs> but for Kyle, though, it's an interesting thing that you want to be able to just give that defense away and let somebody handle it, and mm-hmm. and. Brable and Belichick would be really interesting candidates to do that. Yeah. All three of those guys would be interesting, but the first two probably under a 10%, under a 5% chance Vrabel, You're still under 50 probably like, I mean, yeah. again, rebounding and putting up a good year of tape with the Niners defense or not. Mike Vrabel will 90% most likely be a head coach next year. You know, hundred oh, percent. I want to say 100%, but I thought there was a 100% chance he got hired this year. So Yeah, I'm kind of shocked he didn't get hired. It's 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 insane. Um, All right, let's jump into our, our bets here for the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. Want to jump into. No, I'm good. I um, think we hit it. Yeah, we're probably not going to do our last segment. We'll, we'll save that for a future episode down the line. I just don't want to sprint through something. I want to spend that we should spend a good amount of time on. Um, But... uh. I'm not going to read our prompt because we're not giving out any gambling advice today. Um, but I finished the season 28, 32 and one, one push 
four under. So if you followed me all season, you wouldn't have made money, but you would have been close. You would have done okay. You probably would have lost a dime or two. Yeah, but you know, God, if I just stopped betting on Atlanta this year. Would have yeah, been if you would have taken your own advice in week eight, you probably come out four over. <laughs> yeah, like I probably probably do so. I probably if you I, I you'd probably I break I, even. And then if you just decided to reverse or not flip, but just take it to the next level, just bet against Atlanta the rest of the year, then you go for yeah. over. I bet you if you flipped all my Atlanta picks throughout the whole season, I'm probably up like 10. <laughs> it's probably insane. I pro- I lost every every time I bet against Atlanta, they won. Every time I bet with them, I, feel like I hate I hate Atlanta forever. I know we yeah. stopped. I know you stopped like keeping track of the whole script through each season because it just got to yeah. 20. But I do think we should try to just keep all of our bets in just so we can. I'd love to just compile the numbers at the end of the year and be like, fucking biggest losers, Atlanta Falcons. Fuck you. (laughs) Well, and the scripts got repetitive too. It was just like. Yeah, I don't blame you. But yeah, the bets next year, we'll do a page for the bets. And honestly, I want to do a page where we can keep like some of the, like make it easier to access some stuff, but that's. We'll talk about it. Yeah. Um, But yeah, 28, 32 and one for me Uh, hit both the Super Bowl bets. Chiefs plus two and a half. That definitely, definitely worked out. And then the under the under snuck by that half a point, 47 and a half. And it hit 47. Thank you to the blocked extra point. That's what won you that bet right there. It's the blocked True. extra yeah, point for Moody. Really good point. Holy cow. I saw that. That was the bad beat of the Super Bowl. Well, there's two bad beats because uh, Brock Purdy's line for rushing yards is 12 and a half. He had 13. The kneel down that he had took him minus one, took him right back oh, under the yard. No. So those are your two bad beats. This year. What's my overall for the year? Because I don't have the script pulled up in front of me. Oh, the overall for you is 32, 19, and one. Yeah. And I went uh, almost direct against you. I had just San Francisco money line. I wasn't going to take minus two and a half because I didn't feel that confident. Obviously, they lose the heartbreaker in overtime. And I had the over 47 and a half again. I got hit by the bad beat this week. The blocked extra point lost me the bet. Well, it won you the bet. So uh, damn good year overall for me. You had a great year betting. Um, I do want to give a quick shout out to Sean. Um, he is a name dropper valid listener. And uh, oh God, if my computer would load this. Sean and I have been doing prop bets. I don't know, like long before gambling, gamble, gambling was legalized. Mm-hmm. Sean and I have done this prop bet sheet. Uh, oh yeah, I remember Google Drive. This. Um, for I don't know how many years. Sean, Sean will know for sure. That seems like something. And we finally started to keep uh like records of it. I wonder how far back the records go. I feel like it's ten plus from what I remember you talking about. He, we've done this thing forever, man. He might have all of them in here. I don't know if he's saved any of them. He absolutely destroyed me this year in props. Did he? Uh, yeah, like absolutely. Let's see. Who did we? First one we have saved is Tampa KC. So it's been a while, but we've been doing it long before that. So uh, I think I remember you before. talking about it the first time. I think it was 10 plus or close yeah. to 10 from what I remember. I won seven props. Sean won 13 props against me. Oh my we, God. He did 20 props. He won 13 of them. Hell so, fucking yeah, Sean. Just to give him shout out. I won. We put, tw- we do a dollar per prop, $20 on the game. He only had to pay. I got the game bet, right? Cause I had the chiefs. Mm-hmm. He only had to pay me $8. Cause he just <laughs> crushed me in props. Welcome just, to the winter circle, Sean. Yeah. I mean, there was, a, I think there was a couple pushes in there. That's um, we had more than, I think we had more than 20, but I think we had like, some pushes, I think, uh, lead changes. We had over under three. It was exactly three. It was three. 
Um, we had winning color, uh, the winning team's color Gatorade. Neither one of us hit that one. Um, and a couple of them we cheesed. Like, we cheesed, like, longest play. Like, I think somebody else had the longest play that we didn't have picked. And we just picked out of who we had picked, basically. I see, I see. So, uh, shout out to Sean for just kicking my ass in props. <laughs> I was like, I'm like walking out like shit. Like, because my fan duel, I had, I had the Chiefs plus two. And I had the under, and I put $50 on that, so that hit. So that was a nice payout. That's probably a real nice payout, yeah. Um, I did another parlay where I had Chiefs money line, and I was so close. I had Chiefs money line, the under, Mahomes over passing yards was hit, and then I had McCaffrey over rushing. That was the only one that was like five yards off. You're a third that quarter payout, away from it hitting. That payoff would have been insane if, yeah. that, if that hit. Um, so... I, I, I had a good Super Bowl weekend, made made a decent amount of money, and then fucking Sean kicked my ass in props. Yeah, my paychecks didn't line up. I didn't end up putting any money down. Like, if I'll tell you this, like if I if I were to the reason I try not to bet a lot is because I do have somewhat of an addictive personality. I'm gonna be the one calling that fucking helpline if I'm putting money down every weekend. Mm-hmm. But a fun story for you before we wrap up here. Uh Heath, Max actually talked Heath and uh, a couple co-workers of ours. Heath is our non-sports watching co-worker that works at, at the Dixon Die Hard Broncos fan. Yeah. Die let's ride. <laughs> Diehard Russell Wilson fan. Uh, Max actually talked him into downloading uh, FanDuel and DraftKings for it, but just like, you know, they're running all the promos, the extra $100 free bets or whatever. And I think he, they ended up doing like some extra props or extra like bonuses on Super Bowl Sunday. So like Max referred him, so he got the extra bets or whatever. And then Heath ended up on Super Bowl Sunday, got his wife to do it too. And basically like, he just put like all of his free bets on one app on the Niners and everything. And then on the other app, he put it all on the chiefs. So he's playing with free money either way, he put like 40, 50 bucks in and, but he was going to win on either app. And then on Super Bowl Sunday, he got his wife to do the same thing. He walked out with like 400 plus dollars on Super Bowl Damn, Sunday. Good for him. I was like, Hey, what a fucking great advice from Max there. So there it is folks. You're gambling your pyramid scheme for the Super Bowl next year. Get a couple people that don't do it. Get them each on two apps and have them just bet one way or the other. They're playing with house money at that point. There you go. That's that's your Pretty smart. infinite money glitch. There you go. That's, that's what we're going to call it. But, all right. You got anything else for these people? No, that, that should be it. Like we said, probably uh, maybe some late March stuff for some free agent updates unless something Mid, major happens. Mid-March. 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 And then we'll definitely hit mid to probably early to mid April, give you two, probably two pre-draft episodes that will record uh, our grades and everything for the first round on that Friday after. So you'll probably get that episode on Saturday while uh, rounds four through seven are happening. Um, Excuse me. Yeah. And uh, that'll probably be probably wrap her up. Yeah. And then we're obviously not, I'm not going to fucking schedule out when we're doing shit in August, but yeah. Yeah, we'll we'll get back to football. We normally start pretty early. Um, we will, yeah. So we'll be back March. We'll do a pre free agency episode. We we were gonna try to fit it into this episode. Obviously, we talked we about were, Patrick uh, Mahomes for thirty five minutes. <laughs> yeah, we talked we talked for a long time on some stuff, which is okay. We're not gonna scramble and just like spitball stuff and try to like run through it. So as we get closer, we'll give you a, a free agency preview. Uh, post week one, a free agency kind of reaction. 
then we'll jump back into the draft stuff. So uh, it'll be a little in and out, but you know, we don't get paid to do this. We do this for fun. So that's True. why, you, you know, if we were, if we were getting paid, we'd probably do an episode every week and find something to talk about, but yep. we do it for fun. So we'll probably catch you guys on the flip side there. So hundred percent. So until we talk to you guys next time, stay safe, stay healthy, and uh, we'll see you in March.